This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup. You're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Denise on from Active Campaign. We're going to be talking about how to effectively scale talent in 2021. Kind of a, a holy grail of questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know a lot of people, both in HR and in TA, are trying to figure out how to scale in, uh, in uncertain times, if you will. And uh, Denise has, has uh, done some really, really good work. Her team's done some really good work. And I can't wait to kind of talk to her about this. So, Denise, would you do the audience a favor, me a favor, and introduce both yourself and Active Campaign? Absolutely. And thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, for such a difficult topic, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Denise Spindleglass. I am the head of people for Active Campaign, which is a Chicago-based, um, HQ-based company that focuses on helping our c- customers really uh, connect with their own customers. So we are in the customer experience automation space. I joined Active Campaign about three and a half years ago when we were about 170 employees, a couple of people on the, a couple of employees on the people team, everyone was in Chicago. Uh, Fast forward to now, we are going to crest a thousand employees across four continents. Uh, The team in particular, the talent acquisition team has grown substantially. We built out an internal TA model and uh, yeah, it, it has been fast and furious. I've been running people teams for um, probably longer than I would want to admit across a number of industries for really you know, category, category leading brands um, across tech, mostly tech, um, e-commerce, publishing and financial services. Well, first of all, congratulations on the growth. Second, uh, we at Recruiting Daily are happy active campaign uh, customers. Uh, We love it and uh, are in it every day. Um, So let's let's think about scale, you know, because you all have, you know, let's say 100 to 1,000, just keep the numbers around for for those uh, non-math majors. Um, Yeah. Let's focus in on the on the on the HR and TA side of scale, mm-hmm. and first uh, as as we think of it, because you know I I, I talked to somebody this morning. They're talking about how hard it is to get recruiters to actually recruit recruiters yeah. these days, uh, yeah. from sourcing to you know to employer brand to you know recruiters. Everybody in everybody in TA, it's yeah. there's scarcity, and uh, so. How have you gone about it, you know, in the times, and, you know, again, in 2021, but, but, you know, in your time there, how have you kind of brick by brick thought about building 
the team that will help the company scale? Yeah, well, I will say it is absolutely hard uh, at the moment. Everyone, when the bounce back from the economy happened earlier this year, post-COVID, who are the first employees that you're going to hire back? Recruiters, Mm -hmm. right? Professionals. And then after that, it's usually your sales team. And then after that, it's everyone else. So I think everyone has suffered from this. I will say that uh, when we started building out the internal TA team a few years ago, clearly was easier than it is today. Um, But I would say, you know, the TA team, in my opinion, tends to be the most underfunded uh, team in the company, right? They are dealing with all the pressure, added pressure right now for backfills. Um, you know, we have an active campaign on average, a couple of hundred jobs open at any given time. And, uh, and, we, and we tend to not use outside um, recruiting right. firms because we like to tell the story ourselves. So Anyway, I'm not answering your question. I'm no, saying you I'm no, you, you how difficult it is. We, we have tried to create a culture within our TA team, within the people team, of just great solidarity, um, empathy, you know, the, the opportunity to tell this story. So in the future, when you can go out and say, you know, I was part of a company growing at 70% and I helped create this brand that despite our success, no one knew most 85% of the candidates that we talked to have never heard of active campaign despite our success. So to be a part of that story and to be able to say that you were on that journey and a part of building that scale, I, I think, really speaks to to the talent. What I love, what I love about that is you've, you know, within TA, you, you know, you mentioned some super important and worth us uh, highlighting. One is TA is generally un, un, underfunded, but also unappreciated or underappreciated uh, because of how hard the job is to both find talent and then you know, walk them through the paces that needed to be walked through. I love how you've kind of encapsulated some values for the TA team that kind of like for them to kind of build around solidarity, empathy, you know, being able to tell a story, you know, there's something to momentum, you know, to be able to, you're, you're a part of something that's, that's uh, doing good work, growing, et cetera. Like this, that's a positive thing. What have you found, you know, from, from folks that you're hiring throughout HR and TA, um, what do they care about as candidates these days? Like what, what have you found that maybe is different from the past or questions you get asked or your recruiters get asked that you probably would have been blindsided or not thought of before? Like what do they care about? So I would say, I don't know that this is necessarily new over the last few years, but I think um, as a SaaS company, 
We certainly engage quite a number of candidates who are of the you know, millennial generation, and they care very much about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, they want to see, even if they're not even if they're not underrepresented themselves, they want to see that on the interview panel, on the interview loop. They also care quite a bit about social uh, giving. So as a successful company, are we doing our part in terms of volunteering, uh, which has been harder these, you know, the, over the last year or so, as well as um, giving back to, to our communities. So I think those two things, social giving, uh, giving back, response, social responsibility and diversity and inclusion are uh, almost um, requirements. Whereas perhaps maybe 10 years ago, they might have been luxuries. Right. Um, the other, yeah, the other thing I would say is um, career growth. Like today, everyone mm -hmm. is, uh, uh, well, impatient because they should be and they can be with their careers. So I've been at this for a long time. And I would say like years ago, you know, you would kind of wait for a, for a promotion. Today, you expect something Workers today expect something uh, to happen in pretty rapid, uh, rapid fashion. And yeah. if it doesn't, then, you know, there's someone else across the street who who will hire you. Um, but the other thing that I think is 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 uh, somewhat less obvious is just a really successful financial um, company to work for, because if you don't have that, if you don't have really good investors, if you don't have a solid plan for, for sustained growth, then career pathing can't happen. Great benefits and perks can't happen. You know, I'm so lucky that I work for a company that is financially so stable and successful that I am able to offer new benefits, new perks, compensation changes, career pathing, on, a, on an ongoing basis. But if I, if we weren't successful as an organization, then I obviously I wouldn't have any of that at my disposal. And I think that that's something that candidates need to dig into a little bit deeper. So when you focus with your, with your TA team, the, uh, the price quality you know, speed discussion usually kind of comes up in, in, in different forms, but it's, you know, price is usually the cost of hire and cost of hiring in general. Um, speed, how fast can we hire? Uh, how fast do we get response time? You know, what's our interview process? How can we go from nine interviews to two? Like all that stuff. And in quality of hire, uh, which is, you know, all these things are important, no doubt. Uh, driving the price, uh, cost of hiring down, increasing the quality of hire, uh, and, 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 and making things faster. Like, yes, I want all of those. Um, what have you tended to kind of focus on in, the, in, you know, in 21 and maybe even in 20 that you've seen yourself, you know what, I want them all. I want all three of those things. Yes. But right now, let's kind of make sure that we're doing a great job with... Yeah. 
with one of these things? Well, if, if I had the answer to that equation, <laughs> I'd be a uh, much better person. It is, it is an ongoing struggle to balance the time to hire yep. with the quality of hire. And we care very much about, uh, again, diversity and underrepresentation. We have hiring goals beyond that. So it's really hard to balance those three things. If you think about it, when you're growing at this pace, 70% a year, and trying to also factor in the difficulty of the market and the difficulty of diversity. So it's it really like I, of course, I, I don't have the right answer, but you do. I say, you have the right answer for you. And well, so personally, I always believe in the quality of the hire, even if it takes longer to fill. And that is not easy right now, given. Right. You know, given the demands and given how fast we need to grow for our customers. But I do believe that, and I think I, my colleagues would agree that if you don't get it right most of the time, you'll never get it right all of the time. But if you don't get it right most of the time, you will pay for that down the road. 100%. So, um, so we have tried to be as meticulous as we can. And in the technical interview, in the um, fit for Mm -hmm. certain our culture, but, you know, you run into some uh, issues there when it comes to potential bias, but really just um, trying to, um, to calibrate against, um, against quality versus time to fill. Yeah, I think I think the way that I've uh, it's the same way that you phrased it. It's it's uh, we have to be as fast as candidates. So candidates are fast. Okay, they make decisions fast. That's fine. And top talent has plenty of options. So they're even faster than. So we need, you know, from a perspective of speed, we need to be as fast as our candidates are. So our own audience, the people that we want to hire, the people we're targeting, etc. Um, we need to be as fast as they are or as slow as they are. So we need to kind of pace ourselves depending on their pace. Um, and, and you're right. I think, I think quality of hire is how you measure yourself is again, retention, you know, what they, how they perform, you know, so that you don't have to fill that position again, right away that they stay and they're, they're productive and that we, as a company have, have a chance in retaining their talent. Um, and that's that you can't get, you can't get there. <laughs> and I, I think cost, you know, that the, the cost part, which is really interesting a couple of years ago, I think cost is still important. I mean, it's never going to, not going to be important, but it's, it becomes like third on the list for a lot of folks. Like, and again, uh, every company is a little bit different. Um, so let me, let me, yeah, I think that's right. I would say, but, but make no mistake. Like we've certainly shortened our process and made mm-hmm. it more efficient, um, in 2021, 2020 oh, yeah. was a very different year. Um, we had a bit more of a luxury, um, right. Right. Given, given where the economy was, but I would just say like, we are, 
we are realistic right. <laughs> in terms of like the, the heat of this market and how um, responsive we need to be. Um, what I love about that is that's, that's adaptive, right? So you, mm-hmm. you, your teams recognize, you've recognized, we, we need to, our, our seven step process, we need to cut it down to five. Okay. Well, like that's just responding in a, in a great way. It's responding yeah. to the, the candidates. It's listening. It's mm-hmm. understanding and and uh, getting feedback. Like so, that's just just smart. A, um, let me ask you a different type of question. And this is more, you know, how do we how do we get the rest of the organization to appreciate t- talent acquisition? Mm. Like what do we? What can we do? Like, like bits you. of advice, yeah. <laughs> words so, of wisdom. Yeah, no. So we've we've made it very clear. Like, if you are a hiring manager, do not look to the TA team to fill your jobs. This is your responsibility. Now, the TA team probably is your biggest source of talent of candidates, but. Do not look to them to fill your jobs. Um, This is on you. And so I would say that messaging is met with varying degrees of success. Um, But we have implemented some, you know, very specific reporting and some data that, um, that presents itself in terms of like, okay, who have you sourced for example, in the last week, and who have you moved forward as a candidate to the next level? So very specific. We've given every one of our hiring managers and even non-hiring managers a LinkedIn recruiting seat. Um, We expect them to source. If you open up a new role, a new requisition, before the TA team will even begin to fill that role, we will ask you to source at least five profiles. And and what that does is not only kind of get the hiring manager in the uh, mindset of sourcing themselves, but also make sure that the TA professional and the hiring manager are aligned on what that spec or what that candidate profile looks like. What I love about that is you're making them do the job so Mm -hmm. they'll respect the people that actually do the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, like, like, first of all, that's just fascinating to me. I mean, first of all, I can imagine the first, those first conversations with hiring managers that maybe didn't come from that environment Mm -hmm. where they could just Mm -hmm. kind of bully recruiters around and lead them around by the nose and, you know, create Mm -hmm. job descriptions Mm -hmm. that are, you know, whack, whack a doodle Uh, they probably don't respond as positively to that. However, the, mm-hmm. the way that you flip that, you flip the script on that to, to like, you know, you do the job, get us, get us to a place. Yeah. And then they're going to do, they're going to do because they're professionals, they're going to go and do the work and, but we're going to be on the same page. We're not going to spend a lot of time going back and forth on an art project. We're, we're going to know exactly what you want because you know what you want. I absolutely love. It. I mean, first of all, it's fascinating, uh, and and you've 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 transcended into some some type of you know Yoda level, because most global heads of talent acquisition and people leaders 
they haven't got to this point. They're still right. being led around by the nose by their hiring managers. So I love the way that you've reframed it in a real positive way. Um, how do you how do you find praising your team? You know, like internally, like the things that you do for your own HR and TA team. Like what what do you do to kind of keep them inspired? Because you know it's it's a it it can be a soul sucking <laughs> endeavor. Um, it can be very, you know, vastly rewarding, especially once the offer letters are accepted and people start and, you know, there's momentum and people, you see them take off in their career. Like there's a lot of positive parts of recruiting, but there's, there's also a lot of, you know, rejection management, et cetera. Uh, how do you keep, how do you, how do you keep them motivated? It's a really tough job. It is, (laughs) um, you know, you're answering to usually very senior executives, Mm -hmm. And you're in the weeds. And, and um, so I have just so much respect for my team. And again, part of it goes back to what I said earlier, which is just being part of an incredible journey. And, you know, there are a few companies, maybe more out in the Bay Area, but not as many in Chicago who have really seen this kind of growth. And so to be part of that, Uh, And now we have recruiters who are not just in Chicago, Um, but I think they, um, I have to give huge kudos to my um, TA director, Sasha, who is just, uh, again, like it's, it's all about the leadership, right? And so she has created an environment where people want to follow her and be mentored by her. So I think um, building that internal team and letting them know that like, this is an internal team. Like we, we are focused on doing this ourselves. We're focused on telling the story. Uh, We have a robust employee branding team, employer branding team on the marketing side that provides, you know, great support. Um, and I mean, don't underpay them. <laughs> yeah, don't, turns don't out. Pay your recruiters. It's right, right. Stupid. Don't don't hide the money. Um, no, you so, know they're in the market. They know better than anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Compensation might know technically a little bit more than they do. However, they're really dangerously close to to comp folks. All right, so two yeah. things on the way out um, because again. This is, this is really a show about how to effectively scale your talent acquisition team in 2021. And, and you've given people great advice. And I, I mean, already words of wisdom, nuggets have been dropping. But two things on the way out, advice that you would give r- new recruiters and advice that you give your peers. So we'll bifurcate those. And then one, one is you got a brand new, fresh, shiny recruiter what's the advice that you give uh, she or, or him? Uh, and, and w- what is that? What does that look like? And then yeah. when you're, when you're with your peers, you know, what advice do you give them about how you're doing it and how it's working for you? I would say on the first, um, on the first topic, like craft an amazing story, like craft a story and 
uh, modify that story to your candidate audience. Like right now we are, we are sourcing, like we are not, it, we cannot rely on inbound applicants, especially again, we're successful, but like very few and the majority of candidates have not heard of us. So we are always telling the story. So that story has to be super compelling. And again, as a recruiter, as a TA professional, you are a marketer all day long. You're a salesperson, you're a marketer. So put your marketing hat on and think about, you know, how, what that script is, what that five minute elevator pitch, what that, you know, one paragraph email on LinkedIn needs to look like and sound like because it is a war out there right now. And that messaging is just super important. And I would say absolutely the same thing for my peers. Like it is all about marketing the company and creating a story and a pitch that resonates with, with your audience and your audience are, you know, potential um, candidates. And, and there is no, the other thing I'd say to peers is like, there is no magic bullet out there. Like there's nothing that we've thought about or frankly, anyone else has thought about that is like, oh, the benefit, the perk, the comp that no one's thought about. No. Magic bullet, what? No, like it's all about packaging and mm -hmm. what is it? that you can say from a long-term perspective and a short-term perspective that is going to resonate. Um, we all do, you know, we all do the, well, we used to do massages. We all do equity. We all do bonuses. We all, like we right. do, you know, it, it's like price of admission at this point. So yeah, what- table stakes. No, yeah, table stakes. So no one's thought of anything completely different it's just how you package that up and present it and again i think like i i will say it again like uh restating the strength of the company and its long-term potential investors you know is is super important um I love so. it. I love, first of all, I love storytelling. I love that giving that mm -hmm. advice to people new to the profession, genius. Mm -hmm. What advice do you, uh, do you find yourself talking to your peers about? Again, I would say the same, just the okay. same thing as I would, as I would say to a TA team, like packaging that up, yeah. um, making sure that you are relevant uh, against your peers. So again, for us, like SaaS company, fast growing SaaS, like what is everyone else doing? We pay attention to what's happening on the West Coast because what happens on the West Coast tends to come East mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just making sure that you're, um, if not ahead of the game, like doing what you, what you're, consistently needing to do to to keep to to be at least on par with with the industry and then you know one step ahead would of course of course be ideal i love it denise thank you so much for being on the recruiting daily podcast thanks for having me it was Abs fun absolutely and thanks for everyone listening to the recruiting daily podcast until next time
You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at RecruitingDaily.com. 